Welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Suzanne Gavrilovich, Business Director here at MOI, and I'm joined by the wonderful Jess Pollard. Welcome, Jess. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here again. So we've been talking a lot about belonging, about why it matters. So today we wanted to bring it back to making work work. So we'll be talking a little bit about why does belonging matter to the work you do and also to what you can achieve as a team and an organisation. And, you know, belonging is something that we all crave as human beings. We're primates, after all, and tribal by nature. So it really matters to us to feel that we're part of a team. But what difference does it actually make to the work and the outcomes that we get together as teams? Can't I just put my head down and get on with my work on my own? Um, Jess, what do you think? Does it really make a difference? I really think it does. Um, I'm obviously a little biased because I work at moi, but uh, (laughs) I was trying to think in coming onto the podcast today about what is a really good, clear example of where how you're feeling of belonging in a space, context or group can have a significant impact on the outcome of what you achieve together. Yep. Um, And I had a really odd example uh, come up in my mind as to what was a really relevant uh, way to articulate that. And it it relates to basically my other, I guess, professional life as a singer. Yeah, Um, really cool. (laughs) Do-do-do, hidden life. Yeah. Um, So I worked as a professional singer and one of the parts of that job was going into the recording studio with people, whether that was for recording an ad for an organisation or for a not-for-profit or to work with producers songwriting with them. Uh, And I had some great recording sessions and some real duds. Uh, So the the way it would work to give it context uh, for someone who hasn't been a a recording artist before, I'd basically get a call at say 10 a.m. and they say, Jess, we need you in the studio at 2 p.m. ready for a four-hour session uh, with a producer. Turn up, no introduction. Yep. And I would walk into the space to a group of strangers and our aim was to create something in that three hours. Uh, And what was really interesting and I think it uh, links in with this feeling of belonging and belonging in an interesting context which is how do we give people a sense that they belong almost immediately with us yeah Um, and you'd get a clear sense within the first five to ten minutes of whether you belong in that space or not whether and that's in particular a creative space but it could be any other workspace that you're in Um, and you know an example of one producer, he wouldn't even get up from his computer, or I think it was his keyboard, to say hello. He right. just would say, walk in and you go, oh, no, this isn't going to be a great session. So no connection at all. Yeah, no connection, no communication, no, hi, tell me about yourself, where have you come <laughs> from? Uh, and then uh, on the other side of that, you'd have guys that would just sit down, you'd have coffee or tea, and you'd spend five to ten minutes just getting to know each other, talking yep. about what you're about to do. Um, and you just get this sense of, do they really care about what we're about to do, about what we're about to create? And do they want to uh, get the best outcome? And it was interesting because it's, it was time bound, short, and there was a clear sort of outcome at the end. Um, and as a singer, you also are using a set of muscles. So you have a clear way of identifying if you're actually doing a good job uh, or not. Um, and 
so the great producers that you worked with gave you this feeling of you were immediately comfortable. You felt confident that you were having fun. And the producer also know that, knew that if you were confident, you'd create the best take. So it was also in their interests to make you comfortable. So it was this mutually reciprocal, generous, creative relationship. Uh, and with that, you also had, you could provide clear feedback because it was comfortable and it was open. Yeah. So you'd get the best outcome. Um, and they kind of really reached in and supported when you need it. Um, but you'd also have a bit of a laugh. This person would always get the best outcome right. from that session. Because um, sort of to paint the, I guess, flip side, uh, the internal dialogue, uh, if it was the opposite, which is they made you feel uncomfortable, is that you would spend 70 to 80% of the session, and this is similar to a worker, um, yeah. in any other context, worrying about what you were doing, not sure of how to ask for help, overthinking so you can't actually get into any sense of flow, and being too afraid to really question or challenge. Um, and this so is just a hold back. Yeah. Totally. You're not just hold back, but you couldn't give any more because you yeah. didn't, you didn't feel comfortable. You didn't know how. Um, and so this was just a tiny example, but that I thought related to the work relationships that we have. And that's just an example of a three hour session. But in reality, that compounds all the time in your work on your, in your ongoing work relationships. So I thought it was powerful in particular when you think about it from that it's compounding aspect. How about you? Look, I, I've got a really different example, but it'd be interesting to, to see where the similarities are after we talk about it. So I, I can think of a team where I felt I didn't belong. And it's interesting because the feeling came over me slowly. It wasn't something, it wasn't like instantaneous. So the leader of this team was someone who was really task oriented and the people's side of things just didn't come easily to them. So instead of working on getting better at this, the way they'd learned to cope with that, that thing about themselves was to be really busy and be really fast. Mm. And, um, and that was kind of their excuse for not connecting with anyone because I've got to get this done really quickly. And under that kind of leadership, it, that really um, uh, permeated down to the other leaders in the team um, and the other members of the team. So everyone had their head down and were busy with their own work. And as a result, I think the response was to churn out work quickly without ever really making sure it was the best it could be. And mm -hmm. so there were mistakes, you know, and every time there were mistakes, it was a drama. Um, and there shouldn't have been so many mistakes. There was a wealth of experience among the team and we could have come up with some great solutions by getting together and collaborating. But I always felt that when we did this, that collaboration was kind of only on the surface. It was perfunctory. Um, yeah, and when people, yeah, when people had concerns uh, about the solution, they didn't really bother voicing them because the emphasis was on getting the thing done. Uh, that was always the emphasis. Uh, and I found myself gradually withdrawing from these sessions because I felt like my contribution was there was no real point in contributing because no one was going to listen. And if they can get you to withdraw, <laughs> uh, I imagine most other people will have withdrawn. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's true. And, and for me, that was it. That was the impact on the work was that you just don't contribute all of yourself and when you don't belong. Um, so the team doesn't get the best of you. And as a result, the team isn't the best it can be. 
and that the work suffers as a result of that. Um, and so really interestingly, even though they're really different examples, there's some similarities there. There's some similarities and I think the thread that's important throughout is this hidden opportunity cost. Yeah. Because we're in a, I guess, a society in a way of living where there's this illusion of um, uh, just like more and more technical tasks, do it at scale, do it at speed. But there's an element of which if you want people to come together to create something which is more than the singular parts, um, there needs to be a different way that we do that and a way that we kind of almost uh, counterintuitively have to like lean in more and spend a bit more time uh, to get the best out of everyone. That's exactly right. And you, you can only do that when, um, you know, you know you're comfortable uh, putting yourself out there, coming up with, you know, really way out their ideas that someone's going to mm. hear them, not think you're an idiot. <laughs> and, oh, we, I feel it. Build on them. Everyone's had an example of a time that they've spent, you know, hours mulling over a creative idea and they share it with their boss or someone. Yeah, yeah. And the boss sort of looks at it and goes, hmm. <laughs> I imagine everyone's reaction is the same to that, which is, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I and yet, if you've got a supportive team, you can do that and be comfortable because everyone will have those moments and you know that it's safe to do so. And it's almost a little bit of an antidote to perfectionism because one of the things about getting a team to move fast is they need to be comfortable and safe to show pieces of work at different points. So, Absolutely. So say if you can have a team where someone's happy to show a document at 70% yeah. and they've gone in exactly the wrong direction, yeah. uh, that's just saved a huge amount of time in getting that final 30% right. So it's, I guess it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting idea. Um, and that highlighting, if you make people feel like they don't belong in your team, in your space, in your culture, in the way that you work, there is going to be more mistakes, which you highlighted in yours. Um, there's less creativity, less productivity. Yeah. And I think the other one when we're talking about learning is less time to give to others and it is about that giving to others and having a reason to um, contribute knowing that um, knowing and comfortable that somebody's going to build on my contribution and that all together we're going to come up with something better and that when you when you're part of a team like that it's it's such a pleasure you know you want to turn up to work you want to get involved in the work and you're confident that it's going to have a great outcome Mm. Yeah, it's that wanting to give more of yourself. And I think in that, there's that sense of, it's like safety, creativity, it's energizing. I think when you feel like you can present wild ideas, there's something really dynamic to that environment that uh, yeah, makes you want to build others up and bring more of yourself. Um, Absolutely. Mm. So some great examples. Um, it seems like a, a good place to end our discussion today, Jess. Um, this has been Suzanne Gavrilovich here and Jess Pollard from What Making Hello. Absolutely Human. <laughs>
Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to get in touch. Uh, please send us something at moi, um, w, at, sorry, team at white.live. I always stumble over that. Um, <laughs> and if you'd love to get our uh, weekly newsletter, you can get that at www.moi.live and you can sign up there. Jess, it's been a pleasure talking to you. No, thank you for having me. It's always so great. We're both doing this podcast from home, sitting in hilarious places. So we've been <laughs> trying to work out where's the quietest place in each of our houses. So thanks for tuning in and for taking the time and come back next week uh, on the podcast and with a miscellaneous topic that we'll be deciding over the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.